Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to She Podcasts. I am Jessica Kufferman with me. As always, the delirious Elsie Escobar. <laughs> All these words ran through my head like illustrious, delectable, and I chose delirious, which is a combination. <laughs> and John, our producer, John, how are you today, John? Oh, uh, you know what? This recording at uh, 9.30 in the morning is... Uh, it's not, tough. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. My brain doesn't function before noon. <laughs> we might be able to change it here in the summer, but please bear with me for just a couple of more, you know, just a, a little bit here. But once I think the summer comes and then I'll be in Pittsburgh and then it'll be a little bit less of a 9.30 a.m. issue and stuff. Maron. So, thank you. I appreciate it. Mind you, though, I mean, I guess we could even talk about it from this perspective, too. Uh, and we're going to be talking a little bit about this later um, when I share what I did over what I've been testing over in the Super Squad. But given what you heard, John, because I sent you some of the audio for what I did, would you think that me recording like that would be okay? Yeah, you were in a public place and there wasn't a lot of background noise. There wasn't a lot of uh, what I call headroom where, you know, you sounded like you were in an empty space. I was really shocked right. by the microphone and that was with no processing. Then I ran it through a phonic and it even sounded better. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Well, so because if, if that's the case, we could do a couple of tests where I can be in a place that's not obviously super loud, right? Um, but that maybe that can give us a little bit more room for having the occasional background noise here and there, you know, if it makes it easier for kind of like everybody's schedule and whatnot. But I think that doing tests like that is, is really, uh, that's one of the reasons that I did it is because I was in a, I was in a atrium. I was in an atrium and with really, really, really high ceilings, it's um, people go in and out walking. And there are times when it gets really loud, especially when the kids are all coming out at the same time, because kids together, regardless of where they are really loud. We'll so <laughs> yeah, it becomes a little noisy. But other than that, though, I was like, oh, that didn't sound so bad. So let's keep that in mind, shall we? That would be nice. Yeah. And the other thing was that the hand, because you weren't using a mic stand, you were holding the mic in your hand. And I was really surprised how there was any no handling noise like you would get with the ATR2100. Now, you were using this Samsung Q2U microphone. Is that correct? Yes, I was. Yes, yeah, I was. So That's I like that I better. Using. The ATR2100 has a lot of handling noise. Like, And it's not the person's fault they're just holding the microphone for some reason it doesn't do well with being handheld yep no i absolutely agree absolutely agree so um shall we uh move on to maybe take some audio feedback that we got some audio feedback from i believe last last episode so let's hear from kim okay just a few things on today's show when you're talking about stats and if they should be visible by anybody and everybody. Um, having worked with advertisers, 
um, not personally, but through advertising agencies, they do ask for numbers. And that's the one thing that they ask for. So until that changes, we have to deal with the numbers. But also, like you're saying, other things should come into account. Going back to Facebook, what about our Facebook groups? She Podcast has a huge group. You have access to many, many people. Maybe not all of them listen to the show, but hey, you could advertise there if you wanted to. I mean, there's other ways that we have audiences that they should take into effect or account. But then again, you know, until they change, we can't really change. Um, as, as far as making it public to everybody, I'm a person who I, I don't care what they, if they know it or not, you know, if they want to know how many downloads I have in 45 days, sure. I don't care. Um, I'm not embarrassed. I'm proud of what we've done or, or how we've grown our audience. So, so what if I only have a hundred, maybe I'm super niche and that's all the people that need to listen to it. It, it. it really doesn't matter in the whole scheme of things. But again, if you're working with advertisers, that's what they care about. So we have to care about them, which really kind of sucks. It sucks, but it doesn't. I mean, advertisers care about numbers because the whole point of advertising is exposure. That's all they care about. That Why would they care about something else? So it's normal for them to be that way. It's just that you should be able to sell or couple the podcast listeners with the social listeners only if you're going to post on social. And if you're not going to post on social on your social, then you can't count those numbers. Yes, absolutely. The sponsors really are looking at those numbers. But I do believe that part of the job of selling our show is really ours. So if we can, and let's say we do use all the things that Kim was bringing forth. And by the way, thank you, Kim, for sending voice feedback. That was so sweet. Thank you. Um, so all the things that she was mentioning about the group and, you know, social media, and maybe we have reached somewhere else. I think the job of that falls on the producer so that we can have a pitch that essentially clarifies this for the for the for the potential sponsorship partnership advertiser and really lays it in a way where it positions it as a really huge win if that yeah. is the way that we yeah but hold on things. what do you mean what do you mean the producer because you want me to clarify because most of the people listening don't have a separate producer right the the podcaster then the person who is doing yeah. the show okay show just it making is. sure they know what you're talking about Okay. Yeah. So that the person, if this is your show and you want to get advertisers and let's say your download numbers are not particularly, uh, you know, p what, what you would imagine to be big, but you do have an influence in other places that is possibly additive to the value that you bring to the table. It's not the job of the advertiser to see that. And it's also not your job to just go, Oh, look, I have, you know, X amount of followers. Oh, I have X amount of, you know, uh, people in my Facebook group. You have to really spend time writing the copy, making sure that you position it as a win for them to show them the value that all of that brings to the table. They are not that imaginative. So, yes, all of that can happen. Yes, it does have a lot of value, but it's not up to them to figure that out. It's up to you to sell it to them. And if they want to take it, sweet. If they don't, oh, well. 
<laughs> you got to keep moving on. But um, but yes, thank you, Kim, for for all of that stuff. And we'd love to hear from our people. If some of you guys have any more thoughts about stats and, and letting people see your stats and how you um, can position yourself better to, to be better. We also had some feedback from Sevilla, Sevilla Morgan. I love, I love the way she says her name too. I don't know if you've listened to her show, but anyway, um, Sevilla, Sevilla, Sevilla. Anyway, it's um, very Southern <laughs> Sevilla. That's, I mean, I don't know well, if she's I'm, Southern, but I think the name is something I would want to say in a Southern accent. Sevilla. Hey, Sevilla. Okay. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Do you want to, do you want to listen to, I mean, I'm sorry. Do you want to read her thing? I wanted to put my two cents in regarding the two most recent episodes, how I reuse my content and pod fading. With regards to reusing content, almost every Thursday, I TBT an episode from my back catalog. Sometimes I reuse an episode that was originally produced on its anniversary. So if the original date was June 5th, 2016, I'll repost it that same day of the current year. Sometimes I repost an episode that matches an issue that may have been resurfaced. But the key is I do it on a throwback Thursday. So Mother's Day is coming up. I'll be reposting episodes having to do with managing as a childless, not by choice woman during the month of May. Pod fading. Also, because I'm the full now the full-time caregiver for my parents, I've scaled back from two episodes per month to just one episode's month. I did not want to produce just to produce. I want to continue to create and make sure my content gets better and better, even as I navigate what's going on in my real life. My listeners know this as I've been transparent without oversharing. I think that pretty much covers my input for the most recent two episodes. Thanks for all you do. I love what she's doing with the reusing content for Throwback Thursday. That's really smart. And it it falls into something that's already currently happening online. People are used to having things come back. That's awesome. It's a really cool thing. And you don't have to do things over and over and over again. Like the Mother's Day thing. If she's already covered it, she can just bring it out. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing your show long enough, you should have enough stuff to cover weeks that you don't want to be there, which is smart. Yeah. I love that mm -hmm. stuff. And, and about the pod fading thing, you know, being able to have the flexibility to go with the way that your life is is moving at that moment is why we podcast, right? I think that that's one of the reasons that we do it because we do have the freedom to be able to to open ourselves up to be able to create the kind of schedule that we can actually keep up with. And there is, I really love that she said that she wanted to make sure that her content was good and she didn't want to just be putting stuff out that was just to be putting it out because she has set a parameter for production for herself. And I don't know about you, but I can hear when people are not cool being behind the microphone or when they're a little bit, I guess, not as energetic as usual. And it really carries. In fact, you will hear that a little bit later when I share the little audio from my girls, you'll hear a little bit of attitude. Hopefully. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you so much, Sevilla, for sending that stuff to us. We love to hear your feedback. So if any of you guys have any feedback about things that we talk about, you can always email feedback at shepodcast.com. We would love to hear from the community so that you know that we do listen to you all. And there's, you know, other opinions out there and maybe examples of, of people doing stuff that we either suggest or maybe it's all new information and it'll be really awesome to just share with the community. Are we ready to do some news? The news you can use for the informed podcaster. 
podcasting news. Jess, are you a Spotify girl? So Spotify is overhauling its app to promote its big bet on podcasts. This is an article from Bloomberg. They're testing a new version of the Spotify app that gives podcasts more prominence. An overhaul the company hopes will make it easier for people to find and listen to the radio style programs. I mean, hallelujah, right? Tabs at the top <laughs> of you. <laughs> Tabs at the tops of users' libraries display the word music and podcast in large font, according to f- people familiar with the matter. What? Why would you even add that in? Making podcasts more prominent. I mean, according to people who are not familiar with it, too? I don't know. Spotify has already tested the changes for some users, said the people, who asked not to be identified because the plans aren't public yet. Oh, I see. <laughs> That's the most bizarre quote ever. <laughs> The new version of the app puts podcasting and music on equal footing, marking a clear signal Spotify wants to be in all forms of audio. The company has spent about $400 million this year buying three podcasting companies and has invested in original podcasts that are available only to its users. Hmm. I just opened Spotify, Hmm. but I I don't think I have this change yet. But let me see if I can do it on the home. I didn't notice. I've been listening to Spotify all week because I'm obsessed with Billie Eilish. Okay. Right. No, I actually did. I did download it this morning. I guess the app must have been released in the middle of the night or whatever. So I did download it this morning. And, and I'm going to be positive. I'm going to start with the positive, which is thank you so much. When you look under search, like if you go into search, you'll see right at the top left podcasts. And then it like breaks down all the music genres. So if you're searching for something, it says podcasts. And then it's got the rest of those little cards are all like specific genres that you're looking for, for music. Then I went inside podcasts to see what was there. And so what ends up happening, though, inside of that is that you get the exactly the same of what you get inside of iTunes or Apple Podcasts, right? In the iTunes desktop or Apple Podcasts in the app, where you open it up and right at the top are the featured things, right? So they're in your face. And then you get a bunch of categories like everything else. So you tap onto those and they, again, have the top featured things right at the top at the top part wherever you go inside of that category and then you have to scroll down and then they have like episodes like the most um i guess downloaded episodes for spotify i'm not sure my app doesn't have it and i don't know if i'm not looking in the right place i think that you have to download the app as of today it came out today so you have it's a 95 megabyte file so i would suggest possibly not doing it while we are recording but oh, i i know it is the, but... this update came out today this morning okay but that said the thing that has that i don't really like is that it's exactly the same as anything else so it doesn't really help people discover shows because it's the same famous shows at the top the ones that we've all heard about the ones that come from all the corporations the ones that are public media focused. So arrogant. And the other thing is that uh, the categories themselves are vast. So business and technology is one category. And that's kind of where we would fit. So we are in business and technology in one ca- Like even just saying that, I'm like, what? There's so many like super famous business podcasts. And there's so many super famous technology podcasts. 
And now we are both in one gigantic category. There's no way anybody's going to find cheap podcasts in that unless they search for it. And that's fine. But, you know, I mean. Okay, wait. So I do see. Okay. When I hit the search button, it says top genres, pop, rock, R&B, hip hop, and then browse all podcasts is in the top left. But that's only if I go to the search button. Yeah. Okay. And then it says podcasts that'll make you laugh. Same shit, different day. And then the different category. You're right. I mean, they wouldn't find ours, but we're not. These are not. These are like iTunes categories. We we don't have a like we've got a weird position in those. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, it's all everything NPR. Yeah. All I'm not saying that we have. a. It's about us. I'm all I'm saying is that there is no way to find a new podcast like like the way that they are positioning it. Right. If we look at what they said, it says Spotify overhauling its app to promote its big bet on podcast. And they do really talk about search in this article. And how they're trying to create the best search for podcasts and stuff. And I'm just like, well, this isn't really helping. This is just doing the same thing that uh, Apple Podcast does. Well, wait, I wonder if there's been any talk about whether or not they're like how they're ranking or is it not ranked? Because like, for example, when I go Uh, into business and tech, I see a bunch of NPR stuff. But then, you know, I see Stacking Benjamins which is cool. Right. Can I ask, are both of you subscribed or do you both pay for premium Spotify? I do, yeah. No, I do not. I do do not. All right, so I went in and I just searched for my show and it Mm -hmm. shows up episodes and there's no way for me to subscribe to my podcast that I can find right now in Spotify. You have to follow it. Yes. You have to add it to your favorite. Like there's, it's a different language. You don't subscribe, you follow. Yeah, you don't, so yeah. You don't, it's just different languaging. So I go to one of my episodes and I'm looking right now. I'm trying to figure out download, share, go to podcast. I don't even see how I can download it, but I don't see how I can follow the podcast. If I go to the podcast itself, it says personal. Oh, there it is at the top. Follow. Yeah, yeah that's easy. That's real easy. You know, yeah. again, I, I hate Spotify. I'm just going to go right on Why? the record right now. I just Why? hate it because it's not, Why? it's not friendly and we subscribe. We don't follow. Get I think it's it, very Spotify. friendly. Yeah, but, I think you just have to get used to it. No, I don't want to get used to it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I enough. think that people in this in Spotify for sure, like people who are Spotify people really love to just stay in that. It's sort of like the way that you're saying like, no, I don't want to get used to it. Yeah. There's a lot of people that feel that way about not Spotify, you know, like anything that's not Spotify. So having everything in there is like, oh, cool. It's here. But see, here's my thing, though. This is what they say. This is a little bit of a quote that's later on in the article that says, Quote, there are plenty of podcasts we'd all enjoy if only we knew they existed. McCarthy said last week in an interview, there is no search engine, no search interface that understands what podcast you and I like. We're working hard on that problem. End quote. At this point in time, I do not know whether this update, I guess it is a move in the right direction. Yes, it is, because it's got podcasts front and center, top left. You can start to see that they're there. You can go into it. But in terms of facilitating search, you're still only giving results based on what you know, like the big name things versus maybe I would I would even imagine to do something like keywords, subject matter, uh, that kind of facilitation for looking for content would be awesome. And maybe the reason that this is going to work better for Spotify is that you have to use it, right? Isn't that the way it works, Jess? 
you have to use it. You yes, listen to songs so. and then it kind of starts to teach you or, or learn the types of music that you like. And then it will start to suggest songs that you might based on your the way that you've been consuming content. So maybe yeah. so my it's going to work screen... for people who actually use it to listen yeah. to podcasts in the app. My home screen says recently Maybe. played heavy rotation for fans of Lady Gaga. <laughs> Popular okay. playlist. Well, I'm not, I'm not particularly a huge fan of Lady Gaga, but my son likes poker face. Pop, pop, right. pop, poker face. Pop, pop, poker face. Yeah. So like, I, so now I have my Spotify is slightly skew, but still, yeah, it, it says recommended radio stations. Keep the vibe going inspired by your recent activities. So now I have like, songs to sing in the shower list and like guilty pleasures list and yeah it's all sadly all based on stuff my son enjoys like alien ant farm and kiss and lady gaga and camilla cabello it's the weirdest playlist ever but yeah yeah but that's what i'm saying i think that part of it is that we have to use it in order for us to really begin to see whether or not this is in fact going to help that's definitely the cool part, John, is like getting it to tell you what's next, what's coming. Here's some, you know, because you played Stevie Wonder, here's eight playlists of soul from 1970. Oh, here's a big bunch of songs that like, I don't care cool. about. No, here's a no. big bunch of songs that I'm never going to listen no, to because I don't like if you it. Like, come on. The chances are if you like Stevie Wonder, you'll like either, you know, the Jackson 5, Marvin Gaye. There's a bunch. I mean, they're not wrong. The chances are that if I wanted to listen to that music, I would search that music and put the song on my playlist. Every service does that, though. Apple Music does it, too. So the next thing is pretty big news, a big deal. Google has decided to start indexing podcasts. So now, along with all the articles that have ever been written and all the videos that have ever been taken and all the images that have ever been taken, you now have every podcast episode starting to be indexed by Google, which is pretty exciting. Something about Google is going to have a new full coverage feature, which would now make its way directly into Google search. And also they would begin indexing podcasts. The vertical was updated last year with an AI powered redesign, which includes a full coverage feature to get a more holistic view of a news story. And then um, they're going to index podcasts so the engine can research can surface relevant episodes of a given program based on the content not just the title. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So does that mean uh, yeah, that? Absolutely. So they're, what they're going to be looking at via AI is not just the show notes, but the actual audio content. So they're going to be giving results based on that, which I think is really great. And you'll be able to listen right in the web search. So when you find something relevant, you can just hit play and listen to it right there. Yep, absolutely. We uh, They actually just released this last week. So when you guys are listening to this, Google had their Google I.O. It's kind of like their big conference for every year. They announced some of the stuff that's coming out. And then as of, I believe, Thursday last week, um, like May 9th, is when they essentially pulled a plug. Like they just weren't like, okay, we're live. And so now if you go inside of Google, like Google.com, and you search for a podcast, for the most part, it's still not, it's, you know, there's still variance because I have been asking for feedback and whatnot. And I've seen screenshots from a pretty decent amount of podcasters coming out there. You can act, you can see it. 
you can see when people are, uh, um, it's delivered for Google Podcasts. So you can actually click a button and you can listen right there. They have clickable links. They have um, the play button. Uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. They also have, what's the other thing? Oh, the feature thing that people are talking about too. I just got an, uh, a, a tweet because I asked in the lips and social media, I said, it seems like, and it was really kind of vagueish on purpose. It seems like Google has released their search result for podcasts. What do you see? You know, and then people are giving me their screenshots and stuff. And it's really cool because they do have these sort of like featured areas of the screen. Like when you do the search result, you can see the difference that this is a podcast and it has a play button and all this kind of stuff. And now you can see the difference between Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. So there are differences. And But the weird thing is that sometimes you do see Apple Podcast results, but then when you click on it, it'll give you Google Podcasts to play in, which is a little weird. And um, there are also some very subtle things when it comes to um, giving the results because it has to do with a little bit of code on everybody's website. So if your website does not have that little bit of code, your site isn't going to come up. So there's a lot of education that's going to be happening. And most of that education is not going to be coming from Google Podcasts. It's going to be <laughs> falling on the poor heads of the support teams of all of the different pod podcast hosting companies that are going to get angry podcasters going, why is my show not showing up? And they're going to blame the podcast hosting companies when really it's not their fault. So I have a quick question because I, <laughs> yes, it's a, I'm sure I'm going to have to call email support at Lipson.com. I'm going to take a shot at this anyhow. So I have two of my podcasts. I use the webpage that comes with Lipson. So mm -hmm. then where would I put this little piece of code? Is there a spot where I can put it on that page it's, where it would it's show? It's built in. It's built in already. It's built in already. If you have a, yeah, if it has a Lipson, if you have a Lipson website page and that's what you're using, you don't have to worry about it. It's already added. Okay. It's added in there. Beautiful. So you don't have to do anything, which is awesome. Yes, it so is. So it's already there. The problem is from people who are not using or are using um, their own uh, self-hosted like you know Squarespace or WordPress and the and, and I'm not talking about people like the ones that actually know what they're doing with these websites <laughs> the ones that know how to code and how to add you know inject some extra code and do some extra HTML stuff but these are people who have hired somebody to create their website all they know how to do is how to create a post and put their stuff out there um, that would be me those are the people that are going to be like uh, I don't know what to do. Where should I stick the thing? Right. I don't know how to do it. So those are the ones that are going to need some help to understand that. Mind you, Google might make it a little bit easier right now. But the reason that uh, the results are coming up the way that they're coming up is because they Google is looking for that little bit of code, that, that just little tiny thing that needs to be it on the header, it's on the header code or something, and it needs to be on just one page, and it has to be related to an RSS feed. And it's something you can easily do, so it's not something super complicated, but for everyday people, particularly podcasters who are just trying to figure it out, this is an extra thing to add to the mix. That said, 
anybody who's using, I would assume, you know, at least for Libsyn, I'm not, I shouldn't really say everybody, but for Libsyn, if you're using the Libsyn podcast pages, you don't have to worry. This is already, the code is already in there. So it'll already start, uh, you know, using the, what are those warm spiders? Whatever. It's going to start to pick that up. So that's cool. Yay for search. I'm glad I have other people to handle that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. So no glad. Anyway, now moving along to another bit of news. And this is something that w- seemed to be really uh, received well and lots of questions. This is a new offering uh, for funding for podcasts and it's called Pod Fund. Um, a new company will give podcasters up to $50,000 to help them grow. Oh, my God. And it was covered on The Verge. It was covered on Hot Pod um, and all of that fun stuff. Um, have you been able to take a look at some of this stuff, Jess, by any chance? Yeah. Pod fund seems neat. I mean, like, I- I'm trying to find something to complain about, but it's been hard. <laughs> I right. want to complain about it. And I want to, I mean, I feel like I should be suspicious. Maybe because it's VC funded. I don't know. But I saw that Erica Mandy, one of the She Podcasters, got some money for her show. And I was excited about that. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is really good. It's, it's really awesome. It's nice that they want to invest in shows. I don't understand what the money is. Like, what is the money? What's the money for exactly? Like, that's the part I, I like I like if somebody gave us $50,000 for the show, what would we do with it? Right. And I think that, that that's a great question. So. Here's a, a little bit of a quote from The Verge to just explain to people what this is. So the, com- the the this sort of venture is called Pod Fund, and you can find them over at pod.fund. Quote, the company says it'll typically invest anywhere from $25,000 to $50,000 in a creator. And in, and in exchange, the company will receive anywhere from 7 to 15% of a show's revenue for between three to five years. Creators can get out of their revenue share contract at any time, which requires pay back, paying it back at a growing premium. Creators will need to pay 1.5 times their initial funding if they end their contract within their first year of working with PodFund. But by the fourth year, they'll need to pay four times the funding, end quote. Damn. So it's it's not that I think it's not cool. I do think it's cool that they want to invest, you know, in exchange for revenue. What I don't know is if they've asked any podcasters how much revenue they've gotten. Like, do you know how long it would take us to pay that back, you and I? It would take our whole entire lives, probably. No, not really, because, okay, so I had an opportunity to chat with the GM for PodFund because there were a lot of people who were like, oh my God, oh my God. And I think, I think what cracks me up is like, mind you, they essentially released this out into the world last week, right? And then people are like, who has experience? Elsie, do you know? And I'm like, dude. I just found out, just like you. I know. I don't know all the things. I know. They're like, Elsie, tell us everything you know. It's like, well, if you read the article, you'll know everything I know. (laughs) I know. that Right. So, But I had the chance to speak to the GM, who was really, really, really sweet. And we had an opportunity to sit down, and I was able to kind of like, not necessarily pick her brain, but can say like, this. these are some of the concerns that our people are asking and all this kind of stuff. And before I really get into any of the stuff, I'm going to give you just a really high level approach, but this is where I'm going to actually sell a little bit of the She Podcast Super Squad here for y'all. I did a almost a 40 minute live in She Podcast Super Squad 
the video is already posted to the Patreon page where I essentially broke it down, what it takes to get in it, what they're looking for, what it is, what it's not, all of that stuff just for RC Podcast Super Squirm members. You guys have all kinds of inside information that I got from the source just for you guys, $5 a month, and you guys can get access to that right away. So it's in the group in the She Podcast Super Squad special Facebook group or the Patreon. I put it up there yesterday. I spent some time doing that kind of stuff so you guys can definitely check that out. That said, just like a huge generalization here just to, to give that back, they are really vetting people here that have a business, okay? And I'm not saying a business as in when you go like, oh my God, I don't have a business. I'm just a podcaster. No, dude, you are a podcaster and you are a podcaster and you do have a business. You you have to understand that we are moving into a sphere now where you can monetize so many different things about who you are as a producer. So what they are looking to do here is to help those people who have Something going on with them, meaning they have a large audience or they have like a vibrant community or they have, you know, they really are getting a lot of success with maybe products that they're selling or something like that. And they are getting to a point where they see that there's potential. There is some income coming in there, but they're like, I don't know how to take it up a notch. Like, I don't know how to how to take it to the whatever that next level is. And so PodFund comes in and gives the podcaster the money in relativity to their current uh, setup, right? So they are not going to be like the the way that I that I positioned it in the live was, remember when we had that housing, all that housing crap that went down where people were getting mortgages when they shouldn't be getting mortgages and then they lost the house and all this because they were getting so much money in loans that they were never going to be able to pay it back if anybody would have just looked at their actual income. So that's what they're looking at. You're going to have to come in and go, I am making X amount of money right now with my my, my show. I was under the assumption they're not going to do that. I didn't think. No, they're going to. No, no, no. They're going to help. You're going to come in. So like, let's say we went there. Let's say we were wanting to to have some money from PodFund. We would go in there and then show them our books and say like, hey, we've made X amount of money with sponsorship. This is what we do with our Patreon. This is what's going on with, I don't know, She Podcast Live. This is the potential that we have for growth. This is what we're looking for in five years. Um, We need help with. And then we outline it. We say like, uh, I don't know, we need a little bit of to be able to, you know, put that money to create a team so that they can help us manage the group. We need to be able to um, do a couple of live events here and there because we feel that's going to be another great monetization model, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And then they go, oh, and then they'll make a decision what the possibilities are for us to actually hit the goals that we have put for ourselves five years from now. Okay. And what they're looking at specifically is growth. So is your show growing? And when I say is your show growing, it doesn't have to be with podcast numbers only, but you have to know how to measure your growth. And I think a lot of us are just like, I have a really good idea and my show is going to benefit so many people. You know, you don't really sit down and go like, in what way is this viable? Are you actually growing? There's a reason for that, Elsie. It's because they don't know how much time it takes. You know, an idea is just an idea. You know, it's kind of (laughs) like, this is the worst comparison. It's kind of like a threesome. In your head, 
It's a great idea. But when you start to execute that plan, it becomes a mess. And you realize it's right. way more complicated than you. Not that I've ever had one because I have not. But I'm just saying it can be a complicated mess. Like an idea for a show is just an idea. It doesn't mean you know how to market it. It doesn't mean you know how to do show notes. It doesn't mean you know how to upload it to iTunes. Didn't somebody get a, a request recently from Libsyn that was like, I did a show and I put it in my dropbox and now i can't see it in apple (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh... it's like usually yes absolutely so what what i want to implore to people here it's that it's not just you're randomly gonna get money you have to prove and, and because these people are investing in you right you can't just invest in somebody's idea that hasn't done their their own due diligence to kind of sat down and say this is my trajectory this is what my expectations in terms of growth are. How do you know that? Because I'm looking back at our last four years or two years or one year of putting show out there consistently and seeing that there is a percent, there is an audience. People do like it. I'm growing at this rate. This is what I can expect. My next level is to add this component to it. I need help doing that. But you're not going to go in there and just be like, I have really awesome. You guys need to give me some money. <laughs> I mean, Erica is a good investment. I met when I met her, she had been doing her show a month and she told me it was going to, you know, she had quit her job as a news reporter to do the show. And I was like, how are you going to make money? She's like, well, I'm hoping with sponsorship. And I was like, you may have to wait a while, a 10 minute show every day. That's not that many. I'm not sure how you're going to, you know, like I, I was very dubious of her plan, but she has worked like a dog. She has worked like crazy. And that's the point. Her branding is perfect. She's consistent. She's improved. She goes to every conference to see, you know, the next level of stuff she can do. She schmoozes. She's on her game. She, she, yeah, she really works hard and she's a good investment. I mean, she, she's grown her show enormously and she's worked really hard at it. So yeah, it's not just been an idea. She's been doing it now two years. I think we met her in, in Chicago, 2016, right? As dubious as that might sound to somebody on the receiving end of it, knowing what we know, right? Because if somebody comes up to us and goes like, I'm going to quit my day job. I'm just going to do a show for 10 minutes a day yeah, I about was the like, news, okay? Good you know, luck. It's like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding? But yeah. we also don't know the ba- – we don't know how hard – she had really sat down to work this out. And I think that that's the missing piece with a lot of us that are behind the scenes doing this podcasting thing where we literally are doing our everyday thing, right? Getting our show out and then have these random thoughts that come into our head that go, you know what? I really would love to do this for a living. It would be so fun. Wouldn't it be fun? It would be so fun. Wouldn't it be fun if we had sponsors? How come sponsors aren't coming? And then it's like, then you go to Facebook and you go, how do you get sponsors? It's like, you guys sit down with yourself, read books, read things about how to, uh, what what monetization plans are, how you diversify your income streams, how much time you actually have to sit down. What's like, you know, what are you looking forward to doing a year from now? How many shows are you going to have under your belt? When is it that you're going to start to look for sponsors? Are you going to have a deck for yourself? Are you going to have a media kit? When are you going to get your branding done? Like all of that stuff, you have to put that down on a piece of paper and have a plan. I'm still enjoying the fact that you started with this rant with sit down. (laughs) That was so funny. You're like, sit down. And then. (laughs) 
seriously. Know why, but no, it's just, so, but that's what it tends to happen. You know, there's this, know. and then they see things like pod fun and they go, oh my God, this, this is the answer to my prayers. This is it. I'm going to be famous. It, it, it's crazy. So two things. Crazy. Number one, pod fund is not a loan. Okay. They're not a loan. They're also, pod fund is not a grant. So those are two separate things. A loan, you have to pay back, and every and usually you kind of like qualify for a loan, right? They look at your finances and stuff, and you get a loan, and then you pay it back. It's not a loan. It's also not a grant, which means that if you happen to have like a dream about your show being amazing for society and helping the world and doing all these incredible things for changing culture, like all the things that I love, a lot of those things don't necessarily make money, Right. So that's why there's grants. There's people who actually just give money to people who have amazing ideas on how to change the world. Mm, That's not them. This is a rev share model. So it is a partnership between you as a creator and them who also believe in your work and will help you with mentorship. They have incredible access and relationships that they're bringing. They're going to help you like get uh, incorporated and they have like a financial person there that they can help you get all of that stuff doing so that your books are all set. They also are looking to to help uh, podcasters with like uh, uh, law stuff like digital, um, how do you digital rights and like just to make sure that all of that stuff is settled in and that kind of thing. I do believe, and I don't know if I should say this, but uh, Sarah Van Mosel, who actually just switched over to Stitcher, she is one of the mentors there, as are other big name people who are mentoring these podcasters. So even though um, that you're going to have access to the, to this, you can actually talk to them and go like, oh, I'm trying to do this thing. Is this a great thing for me to do. So you've got these like high level relationship, connected access, the people who can actually open so many doors for you to be able to step your game up in a supportive way. What they are not going to be doing is like providing a studio for you to go recording. They're not going to give you a team. They are also not going to be getting advertising for you. They will have people who can help you get your stuff ready, like how you go about it. Um, You know, how do we get to you to a point where you can do it? But they're not going to do all that. So you have to be the boss of your own stuff. And they're there to help you meet your goals because it behooves them to do it. They have that's how they are making their money. So they want you to you can't outsource the whole thing. Some people outsource some of it. And like, I know a couple podcasters that try to outsource you know everything that isn't their voice but i find that they in some areas end up stuck because they didn't know something was going on and it wasn't the way that they wanted it to be and you can't outsource Mm -hmm. your your whole pocket you just can't you just can't you have to show up and do the work you just can't correct right so if you guys want to see more about that i'll have all the links in the show notes including their terms so that you guys could read what those terms are. And if you want to get even deeper, just sign up for this, the podcast Super Squad. $5 a month, you'll get that extra video in there uh, that I put in there for you, which actually gets us to our next uh, segment, our, our, you know, our, essentially what the Q&A Super Squad thing that we have. So we're moving into uh, a little bit about uh, our Super Squad. It's our Super Squad sent- segment that we answer the Q&A. Super Squad. The Q&As. 
for the Super Squad. Super Squad. So what I did this week, because it was my turn, we take turns, just does Q&A, I do the Q&A, is I right. tested out uh, doing a live, and I did it on purpose because I wanted to use the camera connection kit and my iPhone to run a live because I, I, my whole purpose was testing audio quality. That's why I did it. So I stuck it in the, on my phone. I had my Q2U and the and camera connection kit. I was in a public setting and I just went off um, during that time. And it actually came out really good. Like the audio, I was really surprised by the audio quality on the phone and the ability for it to just do that on my phone. Like, honestly, I was floor. I was, it made me want to do it because then I was like, oh, this is not as, this is awesome. And the sound quality is fantastic. That was really, really cool. That's what we do in the Super Squad. And Jess, you do your live there with a nice microphone as well, don't you? No, I just do it on my couch. I don't use a nice microphone usually. Should you I? You don't use a, I a nice I microphone. Okay. All right. No, no, I, I don't want to make it harder than it is. Cause I mean, part of the reason that we're doing taking a week on and week off is because we want to make sure that we are consistent and we deliver as much value as possible without yeah. making us have to jump through too many hoops in order for us to deliver. Right. Yeah. I think. Yeah. That I that mean, was one of the reasons we decided to do that and yes. why I had chosen to do a Voxer broadcast versus doing a live this way because Voxer is less bandwidth heavy and um, it doesn't really pull as much resources for me and I can do it faster and on the go, which I think I'm still going to use. But I am slightly leaning more towards doing a live because of the way that we can repurpose the content and the way that we can possibly use it on the show here and there. And it can, I mean, as a behind the scenes, as a way to also sell the Super Squad to people so that they can come in there and go, oh my gosh, I want to hear Elsie talk about this. Right? Yeah. No. Wouldn't it? Don't you think it would be fun? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for those of you guys who are in the Super Squad, go ahead and check those out. So there's a, a Q&A that I did about an article. I went in a, really deeply into an article that was a 12-minute read that was on Medium. All links are inside of, of the She Podcast Super Squad. And I'm going to start kind of taking advantage of the Patreon side of things as well, putting things there for you guys so that you have access to those as well. And you can get, um, you know, your, your questions answered. That group right now is where I'm going to be putting the majority of my time and be able to grow that and make sure that we get you as much value as possible. So, anyway. Lala. La. Are you ready? Ooh, I'm ready. And now, an update on She Podcast Live. I like that. That was awesome. So, um, this week we got Buzzsprout as a sponsor. And that means that we're going to have a podcasting booth where people can sign up and podcast live from the vendor floor. So, I thought that was pretty <gasps> cool. It's going so excited. So excited. I don't hear anything. I hear whispering. <laughs> I am whispering. You're like, what You're is like, <gasps> It is so fun. I am so excited. I don't know if you guys have seen that booth, but it's nice. It's so cool. And they're so sweet. And oh my God. So on the, um, in the, I send a picture of it via email. I'll probably post in the group today. 
um, a little bit more about it and show pictures from when we did that with business and babies. Do you remember that? Oh, yes, it was you I and do. me, awesome. Katie, Katie Kermitsos, Jessica Rhodes, and Natalie Ekdahl all went in the booth in Chicago. I had a mohawk. And um, that's right. I've had a mohawk two years, three years ago. And we talked about business and babies. It was really fun. And people, what's cool about it, I think, is that you're recording your show, but the, like you can have kind of an audience. Like people stand around and watch you record. That was so fun to look outside and go, oh my yeah. God, there's people watching us. It feels very much like you're being interviewed for the news, like, like on the yeah. scene. So we were really, I'm really excited about that. We have a couple other sponsors too. Um, Lance Hugo Williams, uh, and company and, um, potit.net is a new sponsor as well. And Blueberry, I think, is going to, I think Blueberry is going to sign up today. They were just looking over the deck and figuring out what they wanted to do. So I'm pretty excited about that. Also, if you have not gotten your tickets, we have a Mother's Day. Yesterday was Mother's Day, even though we're recording it into the future. When you're listening, it will be yesterday or this past week. And we do have a promo code. So we had recently raised the prices from after the Kickstarter. So the normal prices are for the in-person tickets, $249 for regular ticket, $499 for VIP. And so if you use the promo code your mom, you get 20% off tickets. It will not work for the virtual ticket. So, yeah, so we're really excited about the Mother's Day promotion. That's only going to last until the end of this first week after the show comes out. And then the prices are going to go back up. Um, and we're going to keep on announcing. So on the website, ShePodcastLive.com, we've also announced about eight speakers so far. So take a look at our lineup if you're curious. And that is it for now. Just plug it along. Getting ready to go to Outlier Festival May 16th through the 19th. I will be in Austin, Texas at Outlier. So if you're there, please find me. I'm the short, curly-haired Jew. And say hello. Oh, my God. How fun and exciting. Woo-hoo! I'm the only one Yay! in Texas, I, I assure you. That's awesome. So we're going to just finish off the show with tool tips and wrap it up here. But we're going to do a showcase, my girls. So let's do some tool tips. Let's do it. Elsie's tool tips. I actually am going to do what I said last episode, which was I was going to share a little bit of the audio that Hunter and May recorded on their own using the Rodecaster Pro. So this is about, it's about a minute. Let's go ahead and listen. Hello, everyone. Today we're going to be talking about opposites. In case you have not... um. Listen to any of our other episodes. Look on something else thing. Whatever. <laughs> so basically what opposites is, is one of us is going to say a thing, an item, a thing, whatever. And uh, then we're go- going to try to guess what the opposite is. The other person is going to try, is going to think of what the opposite of that is. It gets harder and harder the farther we go. So and sometimes you just have to make it up. So, and then we switch places. Yes, we do. Um, okay, here we start. What is the opposite of lion? Cat. What is what is the opposite of egg salad? Fish salad. That's not the correct answer. Okay, candy. No, what? Chocolate candy. chip ice cream. Mint chocolate chip ice cream. What's the opposite of a unicorn? A pegasus. What's the opposite of... A mouse. A rat. (laughs) The opposite of a rat is an elephant. What's the opposite of a chair? (laughs) A table. 
What's the, what's the opposite of a raincoat? <laughs> a snow coat. You know, like those heavy coats that wear in the snow. I, I thought you... <laughs> what's the opposite of a recording? A video. And there you go. Okay. Wow. Oh, my God. They're so That's eloquent. So I know. So I just wanted to share that because... What I did with them is I, I took out the Rodecaster Pro. We've been talking about the Rodecaster Pro, which is sort of like a built-in like recording box. I put it literally in front of them. I, I had a mic for each one of them. I turned it on and I left the room and they just sat down. They recorded for about 11 minutes together. It proceeded to become crazy. So that was just the first minute of them sounding relatively engaged. And, uh, but I was really impressed. I mean, they're, uh, that was not um that was before the firmware op- update so it only gave you a mix down of the audio which is what i sent to john and i don't know john if you did it or you will do any post production about on it but i was i was impressed with the quality i was there was some noise that i think one of the girls was doing she was like clicking something and i was like what the hell but other than that it just seemed like they did very well and and they knew how to stop it and turn it on and so I'm I'm even more impressed with the Roadcaster Pro. Next episode, my hope is that I will be recording she podcasts on the Roadcaster Pro, at least my side, and then I will report back to tell you how I'm all set up. Did you happen to test the Toner Q9 USB microphone as well? I did. You know what? Let me give you a, a really quick overview. I'm not going to put it in here, but because of this. So I did do a little bit of an audio for the feed. I did do that there. But the weird part is, and I think that this ended up being a good problem to have, is I recorded in the show, like as we were recording live, we just switched microphones the way that I wanted to do it for this show. And then what ended up happening is when we got off, I closed Amadeus Pro and I didn't save that little bit of a file. It was only me reading a couple of videos. Uh, uh, sorry, emails. So I was like, oh, crap, I have to re-record just that portion, which I did. I stuck the, you know, the toner mic in there. I re-recording, recorded myself reading those emails. But here's the kicker. I can't monitor myself, right? That's the problem with this mic. Using a Mac, which is what I use, you cannot, the, the firmware or the driver that comes with the with a microphone, you cannot hear yourself in your ears. So I just recorded, at, you know, just without listening to myself. Then when I re-listened to myself, there was a horrific noise because it was picking up my cell phone. And if I would have been able to monitor myself, I would have been able to move that cell phone far away or turned it turn it into airplane mode or something and been able to deal with it. But because I can't monitor myself, I didn't do that. And so I had to re-record it, which wasn't a problem because it was literally a one-minute read of an email. So it wasn't a big deal. But then I thought, there's no way I can do that for She Podcasts because I can't hear if it's picking up anything Yeah, the, as I'm recording. The, so, the person, you know, Cha, it, uh, Chan, who asked, who asked for us to review it, says Mac does not monitor when recording, but you could use GarageBand to monitor yourself on Mac. Other laptops directly monitor. Like, so if you had a PC, that would be an issue. But is it a USB yeah. mic? I, yep. Yes. It's a USB mic only. And the way, and the reason that most of us are using 
a USB microphone is not to record into a computer. You know what I mean? Most of us are, as podcasters, are using a USB microphone so that we can record with either a co-host that's what's remote or we are interviewing a guest. And you can't use, I mean, you could use GarageBand in that mix, I guess, but you would be having to, it, you'll, you'll just be working around it in a way that isn't necessarily conducive for the easiest workflow. Already, we're having a problem with this, meaning with, with the majority of, of podcasters not getting uh, the best audio quality. And if you are recording something via Skype or Zoom or something like that, and you can't hear yourself or whether or not you're picking up feedback, and then afterwards, you open it up, your file, and your whole conversation is screwed because you have feedback on your you know thing, you're going to have to throw that away. That said, if you have a PC, you don't have a problem. So... It's a decent mic for a PC. Uh, it comes with all kinds of things, with a like a boom arm. It comes with a shock mount. It comes with a little spongy thing that goes on the microphone. It comes with a pop filter as well. All of it comes in a package that is, I think, $53.99 in total. So for somebody who's looking for a starter mic like that, does not have too much noise going on around them because it is a condenser microphone. It is a condenser mic, so you cannot have the lifestyle that I have. It's great. And I have it right next to my bed. It's super easy to pull in and out. It's all set up and everything. But unfortunately, I, I can't use it because I can't hear myself and I can't. That's a yeah. shame. I don't want to mess a, a recording up because I can't hear what I'm if it's picking up any feedback. So yeah, that's a shame. That's my review. All right. Well, if you want, are interested in trying it for yourself, we have a 20% off discount code and a link in the show notes. Awesome. Yep. So check it out, shepodcast.com. And that is actually a good chance for us to tell you the rest of our links and wrap this up. So find us at shepodcast.com. You can find the event if you'd like to buy a ticket at shepodcastlive.com. We can also be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at She Podcasts. And our group is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash She Podcasts. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you had a wonderful Mother's Day. Have a wonderful week. See you in Austin, Texas, hopefully. And otherwise, we'll see you next time. Love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>